You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. It seems to me that most people have this strange notion that to look after oneself is to be selfish. I was going to say perhaps it is the environment in which we were brought up, but as we know from previous conversations, the most important impressions are made on us and left with us during the third year of our lives. When we learn about ourselves, and when we learn about how the world around us works and what we need to do to make our way through the world around us. Now the interesting thing about this process in the third year of our lives where we learn what cognitive psychology calls theory of mind is that it all starts with a realization around our second birthday that we're not the center of the universe. During the first two years of our lives, we are, generally speaking, looked after, pampered, minded, cosseted. And the developing mind of the child at that age really does have a sense that he or she is the centre of the universe. Around two, psychology tells us, we begin to understand that, first of all, we're not the centre of the universe. And secondly, everyone else has a different perspective than our perspective. Everyone else has their own version of reality. Everyone else has their own needs. Everyone else has their own craving for approval. We've talked about that before. And therefore, I have to learn during the third year of my life to negotiate, collaborate, communicate, and manipulate make my way in the world and do what it takes for me to settle into a version of me that will do to enable me, when I'm a little older, make it through the day. But there's a lot more going on in our early years as well. I was brought up in Holy Catholic Ireland in the 1960s where we all learned that we were hopeless sinners in need of redemption and that to have a good time in this life would put us in serious peril in the next. We were taught that to put ourselves first is selfish. And yet, and I think I've referred to this before, during the safety demonstration when you go on a plane, I remember those days when we all flew everywhere, you're told to put on your own oxygen mask first before you help others. You're useless to other people until you are fully comfortable and in love with yourself first. I was talking to a girl a couple of weeks ago and she told me, surely the most important thing in life is to spread the love to everyone around us. And I said to her, do you love yourself? And she said, oh God, no. And I asked her, well, well could you explain to me how, how that works then? We need to be completely at peace with ourselves. We need to love ourselves and love ourselves unconditionally. And it has nothing to do with this construct of normal thought called 
selfishness. Nothing to do with that at all. Selfishness is where you look after your conceptual self and you do things to make yourself feel better about yourself because your conceptual self somehow feels less than adequate. And of course it's way less than adequate by virtue of the fact that it doesn't even bear a passing resemblance to your own inner wonder and potential. It's interesting, you know, I got a text from somebody a couple of days ago that I hadn't heard from in a long time telling me that he had just got an email from Apple saying, oh, my new equipment is on the way. Uh, am I great? He almost said that in the text. And then about a week later, I got another text from him saying, I've just bought myself a new 4x4. Am I wonderful? And you have to wonder about this person's version of themselves, their conceptual self, that they need to keep telling other people what they are getting for, not for themselves, but for their conceptual selves. I hope you understand the difference. As I said a few minutes ago, we learned a lot of stuff during the third year of our lives. The most fundamental stuff that we learned was about ourselves. It had nothing to do with who we were, who we are, or who we could be. It had to do with what other people did to us, said to us, did for us during that crucial year of our lives. We were left with a load of impressions that when we put them all together, given that the way in which our mind chooses negative over positive thoughts from a survival perspective, when we put all those programs together, we end up with a version of ourselves which bears no resemblance to who we can be. And therefore, saddled with that version of ourselves, it's probably understandable that most people would think that to look after yourself is to be selfish. Because you know what? When you are coming from that version of you, as most people are, as everyone is when they are using their minds automatically in the normal way, when you are coming from that version of you, you're constantly doing things so that you are more comfortable with that version of you, so that you know that other people approve of that version of you, so that you fit in with other people and feel the safety of the herd. That's the position you're constantly coming from. And therefore, if you start doing things to look after yourself, you're doing them in exactly the same state of mind. I'm doing this to make myself feel better. But the real you doesn't need to feel better. The real you is perfect. The real you is the unlimited potential of the universe within you. You are the most important person in your life. Because if you don't put the real you first, you're simply going to keep taking from other people. You're going to be taking approval. You're going to be taking the love that you should be giving. You are going to be taking, taking, taking and plastering over the cracks in your own perceived inadequacy. As I've just said, you are the most important person in your life. You need to put yourself first. You need to ensure that when you get up in the morning that you look after your state of mind first. You need to ensure that you don't go on to the automatic pilot that I referred to a minute ago, where you will act and act up and react and misbehave from your conceptual self, trying to get people to like you trying to bolster your own 
self-confidence and self-esteem. The very first thing we all need to do to look after ourselves, because we are the most important people in our lives, is to ensure that we look after our own state of mind. And it is an exercise that requires mechanical intervention every morning. The Lionel Messi's and Cristiano Ronaldo's of this world, they still run around the cones in training like everyone else. Just because they are experts doesn't mean they stop doing the basic training. We have to do the basic training every morning. We have to sit down, sit up straight, close our eyes and spend seven or eight minutes ensuring that we've done our basic training. The day you don't do your basic training is the day you'll notice that you need your basic training. People say it to me all of the time. I notice on the days I don't meditate how I need it. Now you'd have to ask them the question, why did you not meditate in the first place? But that's neither here nor there in the context of this conversation. The very first thing we need to do is look after our own state of mind, because we're always in a state. There's an old expression in Ireland, you know, for people who are misbehaving themselves, would you look at the state of your man? And literally that's what we're talking about, the state in which we are. Listening to this, you could be in an anxious state, you could be in a comfortable state, you could be in an excited state. You could be in a calm state, but the only state of mind worth actually being in is the one I mentioned last, calm. What does that calm mean? Does it mean I'm floating through life, hugging trees? No, it does not. It means I'm calm and present. I'm clear and focused. I'm here and now. And once you're in that state of mind, all the other thoughts that normally spring from the conceptual version of ourselves, that go looking for approval from other people, that go seeking love from other people, that go taking from other people, that go to bolster our own lack of perceived self-worth, all of those states of mind are simply gone. It's not possible to be in any of those states of mind when you're clear and present, calm, focused, here and now. So that's the first thing we need to do every single morning. It is the ultimate in looking after yourself. I've said before as well that we need to look after ourselves during the course of the day. You need to stop and re-hyphen, mind yourself during the course of the day. Recalibrate your state of mind. Turn that little knob on the radio. Tune yourself in to the here and now. Because with the best will in the world, we're all human. And our minds will, from time to time, take us off back in those directions where we are hoping we did our best and hoping that they liked us and hope that, you know, we made the right impression. And that's only one aspect of the way in which we lose our minds during the course of the day. I mean, the number of times people talk to me about losing their temper or being angry or saying things they immediately regret. If we do the necessary first thing in the morning and then 
constantly remind ourselves during the course of the day, then gradually over a period, over a short period of time, we're going to move from being somebody who is trying to negotiate, collaborate, communicate and manipulate others to somebody who is gliding through life, but not, as I said a moment ago, in the tree-hugging way. What do I mean by gliding through life? Well, I had a conversation last April 12 months, and the, the timing is important. We were about five weeks, six weeks perhaps, into the first general lockdown of the COVID pandemic. And I was having a conversation on Zoom with a group of clients who I would normally meet in Dublin once a year, every year, and clearly we weren't meeting in, in person last year. And we were talking about gliding through life. We were talking about focus. We were talking about clarity and presence. And one of the guys on the call said, I seem to have become completely unfocused. And I said to him, what do you mean by that? He said, well, I'm not rushing around, busy, 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 you know, doing things the way I did before lockdown. And someone else on the call asked him, are you getting things done? He said, oh yeah, he said, I'm getting so much more done than I ever would have done being busy, busy, busy. And we all agreed that that is the calm, the presence, the clarity and the focus. We get stuff done, we do stuff, and the most important stuff we need to do to ensure we do the right stuff every day is look after ourselves. Start the day with your eight or nine minute meditation. Remind yourself during the course of the day. Thread your day with moments of presence. The more you thread your day with moments of presence, the more the tapestry that is your daily life will be complete with moments of presence. You will become somebody who is living in flow. What do I mean by re-mind yourself? Well, the obvious one, first of all, is mini meditation. My app has about 60 mini meditations on it for each and every occasion. So there are mini meditations for, for example, having a moment of peace and calm. That's, that's a mini meditation you would do when you don't need it, just to ensure that you are threading one of those moments of presence into your day. There are mini meditations like, for example, ready for action. In other words, you're taking a couple of minutes and it is only 120 seconds to ensure that you're completely in the right state of mind for something important that you have to do. I was talking to a client a couple of days ago who told me this is now her go-to preparation for the big presentations she makes globally and in the European region in the organization in which she works. Two minutes switches her on. But there are also mini meditations for when the wheels are about to come off. I, I have a client who many years ago was the kind of person who would fly off the handle at the drop of a hat. And then, over a period of time, he told me that he had managed his state of mind, notice what I'm saying, managed his state of mind to, to get himself to the point that when he would reach the cliff edge, he would pause and take a step back. After a further period of time, he told me that he wouldn't even reach 
the cliff edge. And a little further along his journey, he told me, you know, there is no cliff edge. It all started with him ensuring that when the wheels were about to come off, he stopped himself. So therefore, I've many meditations like, now I'm really off. I didn't really say that out loud. Or, now I'm angry. Or, I'm frustrated. Or, I need to calm down. So in other words, what we're doing is, on the one hand, ensuring that when we don't need to, we deliberately go out of our way to thread moments of mindfulness, presence, peace, calm and focus into the middle of our day. And then, when somebody does raise our blood pressure, or perhaps one of our own thoughts raises our blood pressure, we take a pause and take the blood pressure all the way back down again. Because you must remember, meditation and mini-meditation reduces the heart rate, reduces the blood pressure, enhances the digestive system, enhances the immune system, reverses the build-up of fatty cholesterol in the cardiovascular system. So it's not just that we're clearing our state of mind, we're making ourselves healthier for now and for the long term, for a better, healthier, longer life. There are other ways in which you can re-mind yourself during the course of the day as well. Do little things deliberately. Do little things as if you actually mean them. Pay them your undivided attention, because when we pay something our undivided attention, we are clear, we are present, we are calm, we are focused, we are here, we are now. A number of people say to me, and I know this myself, that when I'm out in the garden, I lose myself. Lose myself in what I'm doing. And of course, when you lose yourself in an activity like that, what you've actually done is found yourself. You've found the true you beyond thought. But we don't all have time during the course of our busy days to go out and weed the vegetable patch or water the flowers or look after the tomatoes. No. We could wash a mug to wash a mug. We could sip a mouthful of coffee and appreciate it. Just drink the coffee to drink the coffee. We could walk to our car to walk to our car. We could listen to what someone is saying to listen to what someone is saying. How many times have you pretended to listen to what somebody is saying where in actual fact what you're doing is thinking about what you'll say next? How many times have you guzzled down a cup of coffee because you're in a rush to do something else? And really what that means, think of the implications of this. If I'm not listening to somebody but thinking about a now that hasn't come yet, I'm not in the present. If I'm guzzling down a cup of coffee because I need to do something afterwards, my mind is on what is happening afterwards. I'm not present. Now what did we say about looking after ourselves? That we need to look after our state of mind and that the only state of mind worth being in is one of calm, focus, clarity and presence. We need to be present in the here and now. When you're not present in the here and now, you give free rein to the thoughts that take you further and further away from the here and now.
you let the thoughts that have been holding you back for all of your adult life whip you into the kind of state of mind where inevitably you will do the wrong thing. Inevitably you will go looking for that approval or attention or inevitably you will get frustrated or angry. Inevitably you'll go off into a little world entirely created by your own thoughts. Nothing to do with the reality of the present moment. Earlier on in, in this episode I said that beyond those thoughts is your wonderful and true potential. And I use those words deliberately because deep down our fundamental energy is part of universal energy. When we let our thoughts run away with us as we always do when we are on automatic pilot, as will inevitably happen if we don't look after our state of mind every morning and remind ourselves during the course of the day. When we do let our thoughts run away with us, we divorce ourselves from the flow of universal energy. It's like suddenly we've become stuck, like a branch stuck in a fast-flowing river. And now we're actually resisting the flow of universal energy rather than simply flowing with it and seeing where it takes us not as I said in a free-flowing oozy woozy way but by actually doing simply doing just what we need to do in the right way at the right time to the best of our ability in the here and now that's where life is lived that is the only place in time where you can be it's the only place in time where you can do your best. You better turn up to the here and now. So you have a couple of things that you need to do to look after yourself. But there are other ways in which we can look after ourselves as well. I had a conversation with an owner of the online program in, in Canada a couple of weeks ago. And she said that she was finding it difficult to completely still her mind. Now you see, think about that phrase for a moment. When we still our minds, we are calm, we are focused, we are clear, we are present. But she said to me she was having difficulty stilling her mind. Was there anything I could suggest that she might do? And obviously I suggested to her what we've just been talking about here and that she kind of redouble her not efforts, because it's not an effort to sit down and breathe for a couple of minutes and be mindful about it. For starters, you're breathing anyway. But to double down on her mental exercising. I also said to her that she might pamper herself a little. And she asked me, what would I suggest? And in actual fact, about four weeks earlier, she had said to me she had built up this morning routine where she would meditate for about... 20 minutes in the morning. Now, that's, it's not necessary to meditate for that long, just to be clear on that, but she would meditate for about 20 minutes in the morning, have a shower, look after herself, and her morning routine was taking her about two hours. And she asked me at the time, do you think I'm taking too long? And, and in effect, what she was doing was pampering herself, being nice to herself, because she's the most important person in her life and she's worth it. 
We need to treat ourselves. You see again, the old you, the conceptual you, the bundle of nonsense you would say, oh, treating myself is being selfish. I shouldn't be doing that. Now you know what I'm talking about. Not only are you ensuring that you've put your oxygen mask on first before helping anybody else, you are ensuring that it's properly adjusted and the oxygen is freely flowing through it. You're looking after all the little details in your own life to ensure that you can look after all the little details in the lives of those around you too, so that you can make their lives better, so that you can actually spread the love. When we turn up to the here and now, when we have stilled our mind, for starters, as a client of mine in Brazil says to me, this, this girl is in charge of the quality function in a pharmaceutical manufacturing plant. In, in, in normal circumstances, in a normal plant, that's mayhem, chaos in action because everything has to be just so precise. She tells me that her main job is to spread the calm. And she spreads the calm by coming into work completely calm every day. And even when something goes wrong, she'll take her couple of minutes to steady the ship, to press the reset button, to tune herself back in so that she can spread the calm. It only takes one person in an organization to be calm. When you still your mind, when you are cool, calm and present, you are freeing up that fundamental piece of you, which is a piece, part and parcel, of universal energy. You are no longer stuck in that fast-flowing river of life. You are free-flowing through it doing just the right things in the right way at the right time so that you whitewater raft down the adventure of life's free-flowing river effortlessly. You know, the University of Chicago in the 1980s and 90s, and the research is ongoing and it's not just confined to the University of Chicago, defined the state of mind of being clear, calm, focused, still and present, as a state called flow. And the reason they actually used that word was that all the respondents in their research who were displaying signs of being still, calm, cool, present and focused, described their experience of life as one of flow. But there's even more to flow than just the state of mind. The real flow of life is the flow within and without of universal energy. That when you dive into that flow moment to moment during the course of the day, it won't take you to where you want to go. It'll take you so much further. It'll take you to where is best for you. All you need to do today is look after your own state of mind. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To 
succeed, just let go. And for more information, visit www.willy-hartley.com.